Lords. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's praise him. King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He's king of kings. He's... I will tell you something. You gotta be. You gotta forgive me a lot. I'm a little excited because when I read in my Bible, when He comes back, He's coming back as King of Kings. He is King of Kings, but He's declaring as He comes on that white horse, my friend. He's coming up as champion. He's coming as King. And, and I tell you something. I just as we were worshiping, sometimes we forget who we're serving. He might have hung on a cross. They might have mocked Him and spat at Him. But he laid his life down for you and I, my friend. We could have faith in him today. But the Bible says every knee, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. All of heaven is worshiping him today. What an honor it is for us to worship Jesus with heaven today, with churches throughout the world to sing about that sweet, sweet name. Amen. So great to worship with you this morning. Before you see it, say hi to two or three people today. Say, man, it's so good to see you at church today. And uh, look for someone you haven't seen in a while. And uh, as you're doing that, I want to welcome those that are joining us online today for Church Online. We, we're so grateful that you've logged in. You're part of the family, whatever city, state, country you're in. So glad you're joining us. Please comment to our online host today. We'd love to know where you're from. If you have any questions, they would love to answer that for you as well. Hey, this morning, if it's your first time here at Mountain Park Church, we're so honored that you're our guest today. Please stop by our new here, Start Here tent, located in the front part of the building. We've got a little goodie bag, a little gift bag for you. And it's just, our team wants to say hi, shake your hands, put something in your hands. They're just a blessing from us. And uh, we're so glad that you're here today. A lot, of, a lot of things are happening at church. I'm glad we're in 2023 and we're, we're into the fast. I hope the fast is going great for you. And for those of you that are participating with that, we, uh, we've had a, we had a great uh, uh, this week parent rally. In fact, I've got a photo. We even had parents doing kids games. Uh, it was uh, a lot of fun. We get that, that slide up really quick. And uh, a lot of fun. Very competitive. Parents are competitive. My goodness, we need to pray for you all. But we had a great time of just sharing. Uh, Jordan, our kids director, and Colton, our youth director, shared vision, shared some challenges, shared wins, and uh, what we're up to. And so that was really fun. We're going to do more of these parent rallies. Uh, Friday night was fun. Our Christ-centered yoga did a candlelight, and uh, they were expecting about maybe 30 to 40 people. 75 people showed up. It's so amazing. And 25... 25 of those were brand new, brand new, it's awesome. And while that was going on, we had our first family fun night for the year. And so there were a whole bunch of kids running around. We had fun movie, we had fellowship, food, popcorn, popcorn, and it was just a great night and a lot of great things. And then Saturday, yesterday was amazing. We bagged over 2,000, 2,000 bags that are gonna go out to the homeless and those in need. And for those of you that showed up, thank you so much for serving. Uh, again, you know, we're, we're gracious with our time and, and we're a family. It's fun to get together and do life together and to serve together. And so just a lot of, wanted to highlight some of those. Uh, just some, some just quick announcements for you. Uh, very important, this week uh, we're, we're launching today our new Rooted series. It's going to be 10 weeks. And in Rooted, there's three different teaching topics we're going to hit series. Uh, it's important for you to grab a journal if you haven't. 
Uh, and this journal is, uh, there's places for you to take notes on Sunday morning, but what you're going to do is, uh, last week we did group up. We want you to go now into a group. We have groups that meet, literally there's a group meeting right now in Empty Nesters. I think two Empty Nesters groups. They all come to the nine o'clock and then they go and do their Bible study time. There's groups that meet at 6 a.m. I don't know why, but I'm praying for them. 6 a.m. in the morning, God bless them. More power. Proverbs says it's foolish to get up early. You know, that's my verse. I'll stick with it. It's in the Bible. Don't add. Don't take away. That's what the Bible says. So, but if you like, but there's groups that meet all over. In fact, Wednesday morning, this coming Wednesday, we're launching a, a woman's Bible study. So if you're a, a woman who owns a business and you have mornings off, come, or you're a stay-at-home mom, come to Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. here. I know we already have 40 women, I believe, that have registered for that group. And uh, the team got together this week to pray, and it's great, phenomenal leaders. And so ladies, that's Wednesday morning. And then this coming Wednesday night, if you, if you don't have a group that meets in home or coffee shop or breakfast place, uh, we, this Wednesday is our relaunch of midweek. It's kind of new. We're going we're gonna to have two worship songs and then uh, we're going to have a 10 minute just focus on the topic for the week that we a recap of Sunday in a sense. And then we're going to break throughout the campus into uh, women's groups. It'll be upstairs in the great rooms. Men's will be up on the rooftop with heaters. It's going to be really cool for the guys. Tables there, and uh, and uh, and then couples will be in the student uh, building, student side of our building, and um, so these groups. And so the really the goal is uh, in the participants journal. There's. Um, uh, questions for the week, questions for groups, questions for you to think about each day about the Sunday sermon. And so uh, we're excited about these groups. And um, again, you can, there's a group for you. Just show up on Wednesday. We'll help you take that next step in finding. And then I'm also excited about Wednesday because Trailblazers, our, our, our kids ministry, has a whole program for the next 10 weeks for your kids. And so they can come and they're, they're gonna have an absolute amazing time. I know my, my daughter Shay is super pumped up for Wednesday. She loves it. And so you can, you know, drop the kids off, come in here, have worship, and then break into groups, meet some people, do life together. Life is better together. And so those are our community groups. Focus groups launch too. And you might say, well, what is focus groups? These are specific tracks or classes. Uh, Financial Peace University is launching. Next Sunday, Alpha is launching during this service time at our second service. Alpha happens upstairs. And so if you're someone who's new to faith, new to Christianity, or, you want to, or maybe you just want to know more. I, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to follow Jesus. I want to know more about the Bible. I want to know more about prayer. I want to know more about salvation and sin and all these topics. I'm going to tell you, Alpha is for you. Alpha will answer those questions and, and uh, we have people that come, that even show up for Alpha that don't go to our church, that just, before I come to church, I kind of want to know more and so uh, our last Alpha run, I think with leaders, we had over 50 people that went through it and so our next track starts next Sunday, you can still sign up for that. Uh, financial piece I've shared and then something that, that, that many of you in Mountain Parkers that have been here for a while know about but I, I want to invite the couple up, Greg and Peggy, if they would come up, our Marriage Monday ministry getting ready to relaunch. And so uh, I, wanna, I wanted Greg and Peggy to share just really quickly uh, just what Marriage Monday is, who's Marriage Monday is for, and then what are the classes and things that we do. And so uh, and th th these are our key leaders for Marriage Mondays. They have a whole dynamic team that meets with them. And so uh, guys, really quickly share with us uh, about Marriage Mondays. Peggy and I love what we do, serving marriages and families here at Mountain Park. We've been doing that about 10 years now. Time wow. flies. Um, Marriage Mondays has grown uh, until it now incorporates about five different courses. Our, our, and there's still time for you to sign up, as Charlton said, um, for this spring. 
the signature course, kind of our anchor course, is re-engage. It's wonderful. It's life-changing. And I would encourage anybody that's married, regardless of the state of your marriage, to go through re-engage. We have two courses that are designed as follow-ups to re-engage, Bible studies that we're doing. One is called How We Love. One is called Vertical Marriage. We have a um, premarital class, um, which is terrific and a good foundation for those getting married. We also have a smart step family class, which is for blended families, those have blended recently, those who are preparing to blend, and that's something near and dear to our heart because it's our story, and I'll let Peggy tell you a little more about that. Well, you have to come to Marriage Mondays to hear about our story. It's a hot mess. Yeah. It was a the hot mess. The whole story, yeah. Yeah, the whole story. <laughs> um, but yes, so 40% of families with children are either blended or they are impacted by a blended family. So they may have come from a blended family. Mm. So this course teaches and guides you through what you don't know, and, and that is how to blend a family and have Christ at the center. So uh, it's a great curriculum taught by a wonderful couple, Joe and Jennifer Tracer. And so that starts on January 30th. They're here somewhere. I also want to touch on another class that will be, we will lead a marriage intensive in February, February 24th and 25th, called The Art of Marriage. It's a Friday night and a Saturday day. So if you haven't been able to join us on Monday nights, no excuse. We have a weekend intensive for you. This is also a really, really life-changing class. At the end of The Art of Marriage, we talk about legacy. So you may not know that, but your marriage is leaving a legacy to yes. generations that will follow that you will never meet. And your marriage legacy is either a blessing or could be a burden. And I don't know which camp you're in there, but you can change the course of that today. Um, by taking a step towards God, taking a step towards your spouse. So um, we have these sheets, cheat sheets, out on the marble table that will help you guide you through the Marriage Mondays website. And it has a cost, description, and everything, and our contact information. So please call us if you have any questions. But we hope to see you at one class, any class. <laughs> Great. I just want to say that that word legacy is a very important word to, to Peggy and I. Uh, frankly, we both inherited pretty crappy legacy from our, our families. Can you say that? Ah, it's okay. um, um, we'll edit from it. our families. But we, broken homes, multiple divorces, lots of anger, lots of fighting, yeah. um, lots of uh, baggage that we left home with. We left those, uh, our families as early as possible when we were young. Um, each of us then went off and got married and had kids and vowing that that wasn't gonna happen to us and guess what, we each ended up divorced. Um, and then of course when we found each other and fell in love, we thought, oh, it's gonna be all roses from here, right? <laughs> yeah, no, we took our baggage with us into this mm -hmm. marriage and we had some really, really tough times in early years. Um, I'm happy to say that we've been married 23 years now. Our kids are in a great place. Um, but the reason we do what we do is to stop the cycle of divorce and re-divorce, starting with our own kids and, and your kids and your families and your legacies to come. So join us. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so, um, you know, also I want to highlight too, uh, we also have divorce care. And so if you're someone that's in the, the pain and trauma 
of going, having gone through divorce recently. I know Jason and Rachel Anderson are running Divorce Care too. And you know, the important thing I want you to know why these groups is we want to come alongside you and help you take your next step. So many Christians are stuck and just can't move forward into the freedom. The Bible said it's for freedom, but Christ has set us free. And so there, there are groups uh, all throughout the church and things. And so go to our website, mountainpark org forward slash events for more of these. Well, we're jumping in today into uh, week one of Rooted. And so, uh, as again, I said, uh, these journals are so important. You can buy these at the white marble table after service if you haven't got one. And uh, a great way, so if you have one, you can open up. And let's jump right in today into week one, Rooted and Rooted in Christ. We're going to talk today about being rooted in Christ. You know, a lot of people, times people come to me and say, Pastor Charlton, okay, I made the decision to invite Jesus into my life. I realized I was a sinner. I realized Jesus died on the cross for my sin. He paid the price for my sin. I realized that sin separates us from God. And that God, through his grace and his love for us, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, in John 3, 16, to die for us on the cross. And if we put our faith in him, that we're forgiven and we receive eternal life. And yes, that's the, that's the starting point of Christianity. And people will say to me, well, what's next? Great question. Let me give you a few angles to that, to a few angles in answering that. Number one, the Bible says that now that we've invited Jesus or we've become Christ followers, our life is to reflect Christ. We are to become more like Jesus. People should see Christ in the way we live. And the, the second thing is we have the Word of God. We're to grow in what God says. We've got to know what, what our God, our, our Father says about us. We've got to know the role of Jesus. We've got to know the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We spoke about that on January 1st. If you want to know more, go watch the sermon on, on the Holy Spirit on January 1st. But we're to become more like Jesus. We're to grow in understanding His Word and to, to get to, to know and what does God say and how does God operate? What are His promises that we stand on? How do we grow? grow our faith. The Bible says in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's continually as I'm jumping and I'm growing in my faith as I grow in understanding the word of God. And then thirdly, scripture talks about fruit. In fact, Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to 23 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, uh, sorry, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. That we're to become like Christ, we're to grow in the Word, and then there should be fruit that comes out of our life. Now, if you look at that fruit of the Spirit, I don't know about you, but I know as I read it, there's some that I need to grow in. Anybody else? Yeah. You know, I think I'm good at loving people. I think I'm pretty joyous. I think I have peace. Patience. Anybody in my camp just need to grow in like a little more patience, you know? My five-year-old, the Lord is using her to teach me patience. (laughs) She's, she's discovering that she has an opinion on everything. And so I'm learning in the moments we're like, no, just do what daddy says, that I can choose to react or I can choose to say, how am I going to show Jesus? How am I going to teach her and bring Christ into her thinking on her decisions, patience? But these are all fruits. And in, I'm, so, I'm glad to announce that in September, our next 10-week series is going to be the fruit of the Spirit. How do we grow these fruits in our life? That's going to be in September. But, you know, my brother-in-law, he's a farmer, and uh, uh, Cindy's family owns citrus farms. And so he, I've learned a lot from him about farming and trees and soil and all kinds of things. And, and here's one thing I've learned from him is that the fruit of a tree is determined by the health of its roots. 
In fact, listen to what Jesus says in the book of Matthew chapter 7. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. And so one thing I know from our brother-in-law is that when a tree is not producing fruit like it should, the disease is not on the tree. The disease is in the roots. The roots are the issue. So as we jump into this series today and into this message today, the question that you and I have to ask is, where are our roots? Where are our roots? Because if we want good fruit in our life, we have to have good roots in good soil. Our key passage today is found in the book of Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6 and 7, and listen to what Paul says. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So Paul is saying here that now that you have made a decision to follow Jesus and you're a Christ follower, you put your faith in him, he says, now you've got to do what? You have got to walk in Christ. What is he saying by the word walk there? He says you're now to live through Christ. And that's what scripture says, in him we have what? Our being. In in him we live and move and have our being. It's in Christ. Why? Because every reaction and decision you make in life is based on your identity, the way you see yourself or the way you want to see yourself. Your thinking of how you perceive yourself affects the way you react and affects the decisions you make. So look at this statement really quickly. If we want to experience the life that Jesus designed us for, we must embrace his definition of who we are and find our identities in him. See, that's what's rooted in Christ is all about. You see, in the book of John chapter 10, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life overflowing. Jeremiah 29, God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And he says, as you seek me, he says, you're going to find me. And so there's all these great promises in the Bible that we can read and all the promises of God in Corinthians are yes and amen through Christ Jesus. I mean, oh, everything is so many great things and promises in here. But the challenge is this, are we going to do life in Christ? Are we going to do life rooted in Christ? Because when we're rooted in Christ, our eyes are going to begin to be open to what he says, how he sees us, what we were created for. So the question today is, where are your roots? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. In two weeks' time on Sunday, January the 29th, we... We're going to have water baptisms in our service. You know what people are doing as they're going under the water? They're saying, I have died. I'm laying down the old me and I'm rising up new. It's a testimony. This is what God has done in me. God has forgiven me of my sins. The old is gone. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The old is gone. The new creation has come. Last year, I spoke a bit about this in Ephesians chapter 4. In verses 23 and 24, you can go research it where Paul speaks about being renewed in the attitude of the mind. And where Paul says that that renewal, if you study in the, in the Greek, he says in verse 24, put on the new man. 
If you go and study that in the Greek, what Paul is saying, he's saying is renewing the mind is not regenerating the old or trying to fix the old me. Renewing the mind is understanding that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. We can't fix ourselves. All we can do is die to ourselves and then live in Christ. That's why when you pray and you say, God, I'm so sorry I said that to my spouse. I'm so sorry I said that to a co I'm so sorry I sinned and looked at that and did that. When we pray and we really repent in our hearts to God, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, does he remove our transgressions? He forgives us in that moment. But so often you and I will go back to God and go, God, I'm so sorry I did that. I'm so sorry. And I really believe in heaven. This is my personal opinion. Okay. I believe God is going, I don't know what you're talking about. Why? Because he forgave us and he removed it. It's gone. The challenge is our old man wants to live under guilt and shame and condemnation. When God has removed those, he's, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so the challenge for us is when we're struggling with sin, it's, it's not to let the condemnation of sin come, but let the conviction of God come into our lives and say, come on. You see, God's heart is, why are you living like the old you when I've died for you that you can have new life? Come on, the conviction is get away from the old and live in the new. Well, how do I live in the new? I get rooted in Christ. I get rooted in Christ. Now, as I was studying and researching and I was kind of thinking about plants because, you know, I'm by no ways a, a horticologist, a, how do you say, a horticologist, right? A green thumb, I have a green thumb. I don't know much, a horticulturist, sorry, that's it. I'm not, see, I can't even pronounce the word, you know. I'm not even a horticulturist. I had to go study. What does it actually mean? An expert in garden cultivation and management. I mean, I love living in Arizona. You know why I love living here? Because I think the most beautiful plant that God ever made yet, it's called the cactus. You just leave it alone and it does its thing. It's not like a rose, it's not like a daisy, it's like you don't need to do anything. Give it water once a year and, and that baby's gonna live, it's gonna be all right. I love it. It's great. But I don't know too much. My wife is different though. She loves to kind of like, you know, we bought some plants from Home Depot and they're tropical and, and they started to die. We don't know why. And she's praying. She's laying hands, anointing the tree. Like, you know, and I'm just like, go, go get another tree. I mean, whatever. Go get a cactus. <laughs> she was Googling and reading and she, she likes that. And it's like, well, power to you. Do your thing. Okay, whatever. You know, I'm just like, no, but, but I did this week say, well, okay, let me just go Google, like, like um, rooted. And what's so interesting, what came up was the word transplanted. Yeah. And so I read up on Google, and this is what a horticulturist, horticulturist, okay, there we go. This is what they say on Google. General steps for transplanting. Number one, remove the plant from its pot. Inspect the roots. If the roots completely cover the soil, tease them gently apart. I just laughed at them. Like, how do you tease a plant? Don't you wish you were a cactus? <laughs> I don't know. But then I understand. I mean, what is teasing? Teasing is when you're gentle with the, the roots and you get all the, that sand off the roots. You get all that sand from the pot because you, you're going to plant it. So, so you, 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 you remove it, you tease it, 
and then you place the plant in a prepared hole. And then you firm the soil around the plant with your hands and, and then you water, you water it well. And so I was like, I could do this. I could do this, yeah. But I began to think about you and I as Christians as I read this, about us being transplanted. Yeah. And so today I'm gonna, with the use of my, my skilled artistic, don't hate on me, I wanna kinda talk about this really quick because I think it's so important for us to understand. You see, when, when God created the earth, there's Australia, <laughs> Japan, God created the earth, everybody was happy. But then what happened? Man sinned. And when man sinned, there was separation. In fact, if you really study the scripture, it'll talk about two kingdoms. In Bible, we see the kingdom of light and we see the kingdom of darkness. Darkness is the fallen, we call it the fallen world. Sin. And so through sin, and the Bible says we've all missed the mark of God, we live in a fallen world. Very important to understand. We live in a fallen world. People are like, Pastor Charlton, is God gonna fix this world? No, he says he's gonna create a new one. In Revelations, the world is fallen. But what did God do is he looked at the sin of humanity in the fallen world. He sent Jesus. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So here's the deal. For, 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 for all of us have sinned. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are in this kingdom. Darkness. Kingdom. All of us here. But when we realize that Jesus died for our sin and for our failures, the Bible says what? He takes us from the kingdom of darkness and he puts us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. See, this is why Paul says this. He says, you are in the world, in the world, but not of the world. He says, you're in the world, you're light, in the darkness. In fact, Paul says this, he uses such a great word. He says, you are ambassadors. He said, I took you out of darkness and I planted you in the kingdom of light. Now you are my ambassadors in a fallen world. Well, what is an ambassador? Very interesting. Let me explain to you. An ambassador represents a kingdom or a nation. The US has ambassadors throughout the world. In South Africa, you have an embassy in Pretoria and one in Cape Town. Now, when you go to the embassy or the consulate in, uh, the US consulate in South Africa, the minute you cross the gate, you are on US soil. Now, did the president of America send ships with US soil, put the soil down and go, that's American soil, y'all. No, the ground in South Africa where the consulate is, the US government paid a price for that ground. And that ground now, when you cross the fence, the law of that embassy is US law. That's US territory. Oh, some of you didn't catch that. When Jesus came to a fallen world and he paid a price, he paid a price for his kingdom here on earth. 
to pay the price. Yeah, you see, you can either operate by the laws of the kingdom of darkness or you can operate by the laws of the kingdom of light, the laws of God's word. That's how we have faith in, well, I don't, I don't know what's going on in the world. You're not gonna make it. You're defeated. You're terrible. No, no, no. I'm basing. I'm an ambassador from the kingdom of God. What does God's word say? I am rooted in what God says about me. You can say and think what you want to. I'm rooted in what God says. I am an ambassador. Paul says you are an ambassador of Christ into the fallen world. This is so important. So let me take our horticultural little steps that I took you through and give you some action steps really quickly. So we spoke about you need to take the roots out the pot. Well, let's start with notes number one. What do I need to do, pastor, to be rooted in Christ? Number one, take inventory of your roots and the soil you're in. I want you today to stop and say, what am I rooted in? Am I rooted in here or am I rooted in light? Or maybe I've got some roots here and I've got some roots there. What am I rooted in? What is the soil? What's the state of the soil, the environment in which my roots are in? The second thing we spoke about is, is that you've got to tease the roots. Well, I'll just make it simple for you. You've got to shake some dirt off. You've got to shake the dirt off. There's some of us that we want to, we, we've been stuck in here, we come to Jesus, Jesus plants us, but we still got some soil and some dirt from here that's clinging to our roots. You've got to shake it off. There's some things in your life you've just got to shake off. Say, God, would you remove those roots? Now, let me just illustrate a little bit deeper. The roots of my life that go down. As I'm uprooted, let me shake off that dirt and let me get planted in Christ into, his, into, into this soil, the kingdom of God. Shake it off. Number three, you're gonna plant your life in healthy soil. Let me show you a photo of healthy soil. I found this very interesting. If we could get that picture of healthy soil. Look at that. That's healthy soil. How do you know? Because look at the color. It's rich with minerals. It's got moisture. It's not hard ground. And this is, this is so important for us to get planted in good soil. Listen to Psalm 92 verse 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall what? Flourish. Remember we spoke about fruitfulness? You flourish in the courts of our God. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse seven and eight. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. What is that? The trust is the Lord is someone who is planted in the kingdom of God, planted in Christ, planted in the things of the kingdom of God, whose trust is the Lord. What, what's gonna happen to him? Verse eight, he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream that does not fear when the heat comes for its leaves remain green. And it, listen to this, and it is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. Wow. You're looking at me, you don't catch that? <laughs> Do you understand that when you're planted in Christ, when you're rooted in Christ, when you're planted in the house of God, when you're planted in the word of God and the things of God, that your roots are gonna be watered and that even though there might be drought and chaos and destruction going on on the outside in the world, what does Jeremiah say? You will not cease producing fruit. 
Wow. Everybody's fearing and stressing out and losing their mind. But you've got peace. Peace that surpasses understanding, Philippians chapter 4. Everybody's fighting, but you've guarded your heart. You've got patience. You've got faith and not fear. Why? Because you're planted in healthy soil. What are you planted in? So what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to look at our roots and look at the soil wind. We're going to shake off some things that are just not of God. No, I'm not letting the little foxes come around in my life. The little things are going to steal me. No, I need to get planted in the house of God. Now, please forgive me as I say this. I told you a few weeks ago, I'm going to probably offend you. It's going to come. It's okay. <laughs> but number four is so important to me. You have got to commit to your growth. You have got to commit to your growth. It's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to bring the word of God, to pray with you and walk with you and get people, leaders around you. But at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to be planted in the right soil. I want to say something, I don't get offended, but coming to church once a month on a Sunday, you're not getting the nutrients you need. I'm just going to be honest with you. Now, I understand, my kid has games, I get it. Come midweek, Wednesday night. I can't make every Sunday, come, come, just get planted. You need nutrients. You need the word of God. You need to come together with your family. The Bible says, don't neglect the gathering of the saints. When we come together, there's power, there's a presence of God, there's unity, there's family. He planted you into a family. Part of the soil, part of getting planted is letting the family of God get around you. That's why I've been saying, get into a group. Bible, men's group, women's group, Tuesday group, Monday group, all kinds of groups we have. Why do you want? Just so you can say, look at all these people in groups. No, because I know you need people in your life that are going to help you. When the enemy comes and the drought comes, they're going to say, come on, stay planted in the house of God. Don't budge. When you feel like turning your back and going back to the old you, they say, no, 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 no. Come on, even have to drag you to church. I'm going to drag you to church. Even after knock on your door, where have you been? You haven't been in a group. They go, why? But you can't do. I spoke about it last week. You need mighty men and women in your life. Yes. You want to grow? You got to commit to your growth. You got to commit. Listen to listen to this. In uh, it's so beautiful. In James, writes in James chapter one, verse nineteen to twenty-five. James says this: Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak. Slow to anger, for the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. Please don't elbow your spouse right there. So don't be angry. Listen. And when he says listen, he's really saying, not just to the person talking to you, what's the Holy Spirit saying? What's God saying? He says, be careful, because therefore, he says in verse 21, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive the meekness Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. What is Paul saying here? Very simple. He's saying when you lived over here, there was wickedness and there was sin in your life and your roots were down in the soil. But he says, then you received with meekness. What is meekness? Humility. You received what? The word. The Bible says that Jesus is the word. You received with meekness, James is writing, with meekness, humility, you received the word, and then the, this word was what? 
saved your souls. You received Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He got you out of the soil of wickedness and sin and selfishness and pride. And he planted you in his kingdom. He planted you. And now Colossians says, now walk it out with Christ. But you got to commit to that. Paul says you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. The word fear there is reverence. What does that mean? You and I each have to work out. We have to commit to our growth as children of God. And he continues here, verse 23, but be doers of the word and not only hearers, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man, look, a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being being no hero who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. What What is James trying to say to us? He's trying to say get rooted in Christ. By doing what? Committing to your growth. What does committing to your growth look like? He says, let me tell you. He says, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. You, by committing to what God's word says, I'm beginning to be a doer of his word. And what happens? Fruit comes out of my life because Christ's word is teaching me. That's why we say, do the life journal. That's why I say, get a rooted journal. Why? Because when you get into the word of God for yourself, it is a mirror. And as you look, as James says, as a man who looks intently upon himself in a mirror, when you look into God's mirror, his word, God will show you who you are in him. You look into, God, what do you say? And you begin to see, wow, I am more than a conqueror. Wow, my God is for me. Who can be against me? As far as I've removed your sins from the east and the west, wow, I am forgiven. You begin to get the word of God be a mirror. What does the word of God say about this? What does the word of God say about that? Now people are, let me tell you something about theology. I'm gonna throw this out because I know some people in our church love theology. The goal of theology is to make you more like Christ. The goal of theology is to get the fruit of the spirit out of you to bring you to that place of maturity, to grow and so that you can be an ambassador of Christ, an ambassador of Christ who produces fruit. Look at my wonderful apple. Pineapple. Fruit. And what's the goal of fruit? It's not about you, it's for others. Fruit is not for you, it's for others. See, that's why Jesus said, greater love is no man than what? To lay down himself. The reason I want fruit in my life is that I can be an ambassador because there's so many people that are still stuck on this side in the world who don't have Jesus. And without Jesus, Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, the life. No way to the Father but through me. Well, how are they gonna see Jesus? Great question, Matthew 28. Go into the world. Go into the world as what? My ambassadors representing me. Let the world see your fruit. But you gotta commit to your growth. You gotta get into the mirror of God's word. Don't read the word. Sometimes Christians do this. We read the verse and say, well, so-and-so needs that. (laughs) Oh yeah, my mother-in-law, she needs that verse. (laughs) Brother Joe, brother Joe, yep, 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 I see brother Joe in that verse. No, 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 look into the mirror for yourself. Let God speak to you. See, here's the challenge when it comes to mirrors. So often when we look at mirrors, 
we look at ourselves through the mirror of our broken past. We let the mirror of our broken past tell us who we are and how we to act and make decisions. God says, don't look at the mirror of your broken past. Look at the mirror at my word. Look at what I say. Sometimes we'll, we'll look at the mirror. All these mirrors are my wives, okay? This is my wife, my wife, my wife. Just saying, just in case, brothers. Don't be mean. Sometimes we'll look in the mirror of our past, but sometimes we'll look into the mirror of opinion. What do people say? What does social media say? Let me tell you the truth about social media. This will set you free. I think they should make a law that says for every picture that's so wonderful on your beautiful Bahama vacations and the abs you have and the car you drive, put one picture about the miserable side of your life. Let's get some balance. Let's get some balance. Come on, let's get real. But so often, we're so about the opinions of others, the, the opinions of our parents, the opinions of our boss and friends. Now listen. It's fine to get wisdom and counsel, but eat the meat and spit out the bones. At the end of the day, what does God say? That's what really matters. But so many Christians are struggling with the, the mirror of the past. Oh, I'll never, how could God love me? You know how you know God loves you? He sent his one and only son, Jesus. What more do you, the cross is the greatest picture of love we could ever see. That's how you know don't let your, the past, don't let the opinions of people, and then don't let your flesh. We're looking in the mirror. Oh, you're so awesome. <laughs> oh, you know, if I get, if my house looks perfect and my kids are perfect and I drive the perfect car, I live in the perfect neighborhood, oh, everybody will think I'm so wonderful. And the Bible says your, your righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord. Let me tell you a secret about that car you're chasing. It might be nice now, but guess what? In two years, there's a newer model coming out. And that thing you chased, it's not the thing you're gonna chase anymore. But so many people are bound by chasing stuff. People are bound by looking perfect and the opinions of others. And people are bound by their past. And I wanna tell you something, get rooted in Christ. Because when you get rooted in Christ, you begin to look into his word, the mirror, and he'll begin to tell you who you are so that you can begin to live as an ambassador in good soil. And you've shaked off all this junk. I used to be here, but Christ saved me and he planted me in his kingdom. He planted me in Christ. And now as Colossians says, I am rooted. I am doing life in Christ, and now I am light to darkness. Light to darkness. Jesus said that you will know them by their fruit. But fruit comes with healthy roots. Where are your roots today? Where are your roots today? Those planted in the house of God. Isn't it interesting when I read that what the horticulturist said, take the plant out the pot. You remember September? God doesn't want us to be potted. He wants us to be planted. Those planted in the house, planted. Are you planted? Are you planted, you NPC? Are you committed to your growth? Have you shaken off the things of the past? Are you rooted in Christ? Are you moving forward with Jesus? Because when you're rooted in Christ, fruit will begin to show. Joy and peace in your own life, patience. When you're rooted in Christ.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. You know us better than we know ourselves. God, we can fool people all day long, but we can't fool you. You know our hearts. And I thank you today that you don't condemn us. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You convict us. You call us because you love us. You call us. Say, come on, get planted. Get planted in healthy soil. Get planted in the word. Get planted in prayer. Get planted in the church family, the body. God, help us to commit to our growth. So often we'll blame reasons why we're not growing in life. We'll make excuses while we're not growing. But Lord, the reality is that we're looking in the wrong mirrors. May we look in your mirror. Because you said this, you chose us. You paid the price for us. And you love us. May we respond to you, God. Show us what our next step is. Help us to take that next step. Show us what it is today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.